Hello and welcome to this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. My name is Billy and today I'm joined by my good friend Dave. Dave, how you doing? Hello, Billy. I am doing pretty well. How are you? Doing good, man. Doing good. And uh, thanks for uh, for Skyping me in and, uh, and doing an interview or, or just kind of talking with me. Of course. For the Billy Newman Photo Podcast, it'll be fun, man. We're um, we're kind of uh, I was telling um, or talking about it in one of the other episodes uh, or the other recordings that I did of the show. Um, how I'm going to try and change it up a little bit, and I want to try and uh, first of all start talking to more people. That means I'm probably going to be talking to you a lot more. Uh, you're a good podcaster, Dave. Uh, thanks, Billy. You got you are too. <laughs> thanks, man. And. Uh, so uh, I want to start talking to more people during the podcast, have it be more conversational. Uh, and I dig my photos a lot. Or, you know, I like, I like shooting. I like taking photos, I like talking <laughs> about the pictures. Um, but what I want to do is like focus on other people's photos, like things that I think are cool or that are, are inspiring or, or just, you know, kind of interesting. And, and I don't even mean like in a super highfalutin way of like, oh man, what a, like a perfect image. It's just like, damn, that, that's cool. That looks like a cool spot. It looks like a cool spot to camp or a cool place to put a tent or a nice, just a nice place to do something. Um, and so, uh, I guess what I want to try and do is, is uh, snag or just kind of go through and see like a handful of different Instagram accounts, uh, which is really where I see like a lot of the, the heavy photography stuff moving to. Um, is uh, kind of the Instagram side, but I want to try and find like these uh, interesting uh, photographers that we really haven't heard about uh, or just interesting people that have cool stories and cool photos that we can show uh, that are kind of in our wheelhouse of things we're interested about. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I was uh, checking out some of these uh, links that you sent me and uh, I, you, you said we weren't going to get too like, you know, into it, but some of these like just looking at the angles and the perspective uh, I think are really cool too. Or just, you know, what was going through someone's head. Like there's one where the guy's in the Canyon and the camera's looking up at the sky and you see the waves in like the Canyon wall and stuff. And I thought, well, what a cool idea. I would never think to photograph something like that. Yeah, that is really cool. That sounds sweet. I, uh, yeah, I'm going through those right now. So I pulled out uh four and I think I'll probably try and do that. You know, just as much as I can. A few of these are aggregate accounts um, or, or something like um, like one I follow, follow a lot and I got featured on too, which is really cool by like Oregon Explored. It's like, a, it's not a person. It's not a photographer, right? It's like uh, they, they collect a lot of stuff. So there's a few of these accounts in here, but I think they're cool still, you know, and there's cool photos that we can chat about. Um, so I guess uh, that's what I was going to talk about. Uh, I think the first one I'll pull up with like uh, the, the Van Life Diaries. Do you see that one? It's... Uh, yeah, it's cool. It's like um, the it's just like people that are living in vans and like uh, just it's you know like the Westphalia van. So what the West? Yeah, South. it's like uh, yeah, right. It's a weird name. You'll you'll see it around somewhere. But the Volkswagen vans, you know those like '80s ones that have uh, kind of that camper top thing to them. Yeah, it's a little different, like uh, than our friend Brant, who has that like big windowed van, that big windowed uh, bus. Yeah. But they like, yeah. window, yeah, yeah. Uh, but they made a, f uh, a whole series of them that I think they were called the Westphalia. Um, okay, I've I've seen them. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and they've got kind of a little camper nice. system inside. Um, but I think that's uh, it's all these people, all these millennials, these hipsters that are uh, that are dedicating their life to uh, living like a, a dirt bag, respectively, on the road. Um, <laughs> and, uh, traveling around in a van, camping, taking pictures, I don't know, making soup and stuff. Um, 
And it's sweet, man. That's what I want to be doing. That's what I try to do in my Camry. Uh, well, I was going to say, when you got the Camry, you were you were doing that just without the van. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was uh, I was I was too poor for the van. So <laughs> give me a used Camry, and I'll do it. But yeah, it's so much fun to do that sort of stuff. To like travel around, uh, like in a car or just in a car, have all your stuff, and just like cruise around to different places that are pretty sweet you know, unknown camping spots that are out there. Um, but that's a big thing that, that it seems like this, uh, Instagram account is dedicated to. And so from what I, I kind of gather, it's like a lot of different vans or a lot of different people, uh, that are set up all over the place. But, uh, let's see. Uh, I think there's this cool one I'm looking at right now. It's, um, uh, this vagabond life, uh, posted one. That might be a, a a duplicate or a aggregate account too, but it's this cool picture of uh, one of these vans with the, the, the top tent po- pulled up and it's like this super flat uh, desert landscape. It's just like super, super flat. So this van is really tiny, like right out on the horizon and it's this bright green van uh, with this big pop tent. It looks really cool. I dig that image. Oh, um, I just found it. Yeah. Yeah. You're on it, Dave. Uh, and then I think there's just one right up from that, that I thought was pretty sick too. It looks like this old, or it looks like kind of a film image. Um, but, uh, who's this one from? This looks like Cleo Cohen at Cleo Cohen is the other one, but it's, uh, the sweet van, but it's, it's just kind of like an evening photograph of uh, a person next to like, uh, it looks like a firework or a campfire, uh, with like a bunch of sparks are kind of blown up. Yeah. And then like a, a van on the side. I think that one looks pretty sick too. You know, you know, what would make those pictures better though, is if they had, uh, Toyota trucks, that's what I'm saying, Dave. <laughs> With campers on them. Give me a Toyota or give me death. But uh, <laughs> give me death. I'm a proud, I'm a proud forerunner owner, Dave. What do you, what do you, what are you running, Dave? I've just um, got a couple of vehicles, but my, my off-road one is the, uh, the 89 Toyota pickup. It's not even, it was before they even called them the Tacoma. It was, it was this weird, like mystery year where they weren't yeah. sure what you know, to do with it. And then they were like, okay, yeah, make Make them the Tacomas. So it's technically a Tacoma, but nowhere on the the vehicle uh, will you see a Tacoma or in the, the license. Yeah, isn't so. that a trip how they did that back then? I was I was always so confused like how um how internationally they had their different names for their vehicles or like it was the pickup in uh in the united states for the longest time i think in like the late 70s when they started building it or 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 shipping it to the u.s but it was like the pickup but internationally it was the helix or the hilux right right yeah and it's weird or like the forerunner outside of the u.s is known as the surf i did not know that yeah it's weird i saw one um i saw one drive by one time it was one of those like mid 90s forerunners but it was like a right hand drive forerunner and i was like that looks funky and like it 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 said surf on the side like and it's just called that it's like the toyota surf i think it's maybe it's maybe it was in australia or something they did the same thing in in a few other countries it was like um the like the camry was called a corona or something like that or a corolla was but they they had like a few different different variant names um but yeah yeah, it's it's, it's funny it's weird yeah, and then I don't know what they call. I think they still call them. Well, I don't even know if they make the Tacoma for international markets. Like they still make the the Hilux and the Land Cruiser and stuff for all for all the the European and Australian and Asian markets. We don't get those cool diesel trucks over here, dude. That's one thing I really wanted was the the diesel, just a little Toyota truck. But yeah, I found out they they weren't over here. Yeah, it's uh, 
it crushes me. It's really sad. It's so what is that like international tariffs or something or, um, or just, I don't understand like international law, what can and can't be imported it, in customs. It makes no sense to me. Um, yeah, I have no idea. Uh, I wonder if it's just a marketing thing with like, Oh, this, this proved to be the best name out of our choices. Here. <laughs> I think oh. it's part of it. Um, but I, I like with the diesel trucks, like they just can't, they can't oh, import oh, yeah. Diesel, yeah. The diesel trucks, and then I guess that's why they just don't import. Well, you, that know, you know what? I I believe, I believe that's the same uh, era where uh, California had a, a ban on diesel vehicles, and and so if you can't sell to California, I guess there's no point in even selling to the United States for most international markets. Yeah. So during that that diesel year, you know when when it was taken off, they it just never made it over here. I mean, I think maybe that's, that's why. No, that's pretty, that's a pretty logical start to it. I mean, uh, what a weird factoid though, that like just mm-hmm. because California didn't accept new v- uh, diesel vehicles of such and such a rating, then like just, they didn't sell them in the United States because I think, well, I, th- I guess since California is one of the, the most populated States or it has the well, most it's, vehicles. It's yeah, it's the most vehicles. Cause it's, you know, where New York and stuff built up, California built, out and so it's just a lot of flat area that needs a lot of travel yeah it really does and uh yeah i think it's like the number one um car market in the u.s which means mm-hmm. i think in the world too and so it's just like <laughs> right yeah so it's uh it's, if you can't sell it in your number one market yeah, i guess you're gonna make something else <laughs> um <laughs> it's funny though i think um well, I was looking at a lot of these other mods that are on uh, like these vans. And then I'm looking at this other one, uh, this other photo on the American Adventurist Instagram page. I think it's at American Adventurist. And, uh, and that looks like a cool collection of just a whole bunch of, uh, of sweet rigs um, or just like cool trucks, cool campers, cool places to, to be camping at. Um, but the, there's, there's a handful of, uh, different photos in there, but this one that they featured that I thought was sweet was this old, I think it's a land cruiser. Shoot, it's, it looks like one of those troop carriers, but it's just like rigged up to look like, um, like a sick camping rig. And it's got this big rooftop tent on it. And, uh, I think you got the picture, uh, where it's, it's one of those that, that folds up from the corner and it just kind of makes this big, um, like wedge shaped tent that you, uh, you climb up to from a ladder and like sleep in. Yep, I I got that picture. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, I, I would say your description's pretty pretty accurate. But yeah, it's just all decked out. I'm not like I understand how awesome those top tops are, but uh, just for me, it's still it's still I don't know. I don't know if I want to carry that on my vehicle. See, I've uh, I've tried to. Um, I've tried to suss this out in my own head too. Like I'm trying to figure if, um, if I should go for something like this, I've wanted one since the first time I saw it, I was just like, Oh man, what an awesome way to like just pop up your tent and camp there. Of course. And, uh, and I'm pretty into it, but I'm also into like, uh, like rooftop storage or just, or, and just like sleeping inside the car. Yeah. It's comfortable enough. It's barely comfortable enough to do in the forerunner that I've got the, the 89 one. But, uh, but I guess the problem is with that truck, um, I don't, think I could really do a tent like this long term. Um, cause I think, uh, that fiberglass, uh, the fiberglass top, you know, on the, the old, uh, the old forerunners, uh, just isn't like strong enough to hold or to brace like the poles to hold up that much weight on the roof. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I think you're probably pretty right. You would need quite a bit of modification. I think if you're Ugh, yeah, looking for something like that. 
I saw a, a sweet van um, drive by me. I think it was one of those VW vans that I was talking about, but those, those hipsters that I'm talking about, they just dropped like a eight grand into their van and put a bunch of sick LEDs and bars and racks and stuff on it. And, uh, but there's this one that had, I think it was like, it was like six poles across the top, across like the vans, like roof, you know, like these cargo racks. And then it was just decked out with like a, like a big tent that would like fold out over the top and a big awning that would stretch out. That Crazy. Man, he's got it. He's got the setup. Um, I want to get anything's possible with enough money, right? <laughs> That's what it seems to be. I want to get one of these awnings though. Have you thought about one of those? Um, yeah, I was just looking at the awning itself. That seems, it seems pretty cool. Yeah, that yeah. would be, I don't like, is it permanently on your vehicle? I might not go for that one or that, that, uh, that setup of one, but, uh, there's a, what was it like? Uh, is it CVT? Uh, shoot. I don't know. I can't remember oh. now. I know there's like a Cascadia tents, maybe.com. If you Google Cascadia tents, you can find it or find one of them. Um, but there's a, these sweet ones that, uh, at least for like the SUV setup. And I guess now that Dave, you got, uh, you got that canopy on the back. Um, you just kind of set, set it up, uh, on the back there. Um, just like on this, on whatever side you want and it'll just like roll out and it's got like two legs that'll pull out and like post into the ground and you've just got an instant canopy. Nice. Yeah. That's they're, pretty. they're an inexpensive, they're, they're more, they're expensive, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they are on the inexpensive side of that class of things to modify your truck with, you know? Right. I'm yeah. actually, I'm looking at this, uh, since I have a truck, you might not have this option, but maybe, I mean, you take your back up. I don't know, but it's, um, it looks like a regular camper shell, but it's been, like modified to where the top folds out over the front of your oh. vehicle. It's on the uh, American Adventurist site, but that's that's kind of a cool idea. Oh, that sounds sweet. What? Uh, I don't know. I where whereabouts uh, are you seeing that one? Let's see, um, pretty far down. You might have to hit um, the load more option. Oh, I gotcha. It might be. Uh, out of my sights, but, uh, oh, I am cruising across this one. That's got, uh, we were talking a little bit before the show about snorkels. I was thinking, man, yeah, you are right. Like, um, or cause we were talking about, um, just like the use of a snorkel and like when, it, or like you're watching a video, right? Like if you go into that deep of water anyway, it's like, right. Yeah. You really just, want to take your vehicle there. And even logically, like if you're going to where like water's over your hood, that means it's going to be you know, at least midway up your door and then you're going to be flooding your, your cab. Yeah. And, and I mean, depending on how adventurous you are, if, if that's something you're into and your vehicle set up for, but I never want to <laughs> be in water that high, you know, I want to take like a, you know, like a Jeep, like just a, a sweet Willie's Jeep through like a big Creek like that. That'd be cool. I do it in shorts, you know, with no doors and just, Oh, there's, there's videos of people just completely searched <laughs> and the vehicle's still going. I don't understand it, man. I've watched, I watched these insane videos too, where it goes almost up to the top of the window. It's like you are underwater right now. And there's yeah. a huge river blowing broadside across your vehicle. Like what if it just like tips your truck up and you just yeah. roll away underwater? I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't want to be there. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm too fearful of that, uh, that idea overall. Um, so I, I could skip it. But uh, man, I was hearing stories though. Like uh, my parents or my dad would tell me stories about my, uh, my grandpa. Um, like, and just because they didn't have that many bridges back, back in the day before they 
built them and put them in, you know, like we're, we're fortunate. Like we have the main bridges getting you across town, but like any little thing that was supposed to get you from like one side of your driveway to the other side of the driveway where there's a Creek, there's no bridge. You just had to like work it out, you know, <laughs> a lot of the time. So they kind of like pick it apart, widen it, but they just like drive their old station wagons. Just like, I don't know, just like ankle high or like up to the top of the tire through this big Creek to get you back home. Wow. That's, yeah. I mean, good, good excuse to have an off-road vehicle, right? I mean, yeah, not? they didn't even have them back then. It was just like, it was like, you know, the Sunday station wagon. How crazy, man. That's so silly. <laughs> <laughs> they probably had a lot of fun. You oh just, yeah. You just oh, go. Yeah. <laughs> just rainy season. Nope. Can't get out <laughs> or whatever it is. But, uh, uh, but yeah, that'd be, that'd be good times. Um, I was looking at this other, uh, this other Instagram account, uh, at Rome, the planet. Um, I thought that one was pretty cool. And this is, uh, they, they got like 240,000 followers. It's a, it's a big aggregate account, but it really nice, uh, fine art stuff. And when I, was well, like, I think that's a really great way to, to get your stuff out anyway. Like it's much easier to, to just join one, like, you know, Instagram account or whatever and, and get, experiences of all these different photographers and actually trying to look for like, Oh, I, I like this guy's work. Yeah. You know, but, it, but it, but it also provides that great way to like, Oh wow, look at this. This guy's got a couple of pictures. I like, I'll start following him. So it's a good way to, to really, you know, everyone wins. Yeah. Basically. I'm with you, man. I think, uh, I mean, that's where I've got, uh, the, the most, the most traction, you know, when trying to show people my pictures I, and I, stuff. The, the Oregon Explorer you were talking about, I, I follow them. And I remember seeing one of your pictures and reading like this one's from Billy Newman. I'm like, Oh my God, I know that guy. Yeah, man. It's a yeah. cool little, little shared victory with you. <laughs> but, uh, it was cool, man. And, uh, and that kind of, or like looking at this one and then looking at, gosh, like, I mean, there's like an endless number of Instagram accounts with cool photos on them, you know? And that's what like, it's surprising me, man. Cause it's like back in the day, maybe 20 years ago, it was like hard to get this many nice pictures. You know, they, I don't even think they existed really. I think the elevation of what good photography is, is just really jumped because, because everybody's pretty deep into it now. Like people have had their, you know, back in the day, photographers would grouse like, Oh, you just got a, a, a digital camera for Christmas back in 2007. That's not photography. Forget about it. But they've had that camera for a decade now. You know, they've gotten pretty good with it. There's a lot of people that are, that are really talented with what they're doing. And then they're handed a phone that's almost just as capable and they go out and they shoot all these things. They can edit, they can put stuff together or they're just smart creatives. They're smart photographers that are jumping on Instagram and getting a lot of this outdoor adventure tourism stuff set up. That's so much more granular. It's like, uh, it's so much more specific than even like, I don't know, you think of like the national geographic side of, of popular photography that we would have seen in the seventies and eighties. Um, you know, where you have these photographers go out on assignment, they take photos of a place and it's really specific. It's nowhere that anyone's really ever seen, but now with uh, so much internet now with, uh, so many photos on Instagram, you know, we have, a huge amount of like fine art photographs of the outdoor world that are all from different photographers that haven't really got a chance to hear of yet, but they're all really cool photos, you know? Yeah. Uh, I completely agree with all of that. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting how, I mean, I don't even know if it's like, uh, if it's competitive or, but it seems to be changing a little bit where there's just like a lot of, a lot of room out there. There's so many channels, you know, there's so many ways to, um, 
or there's so many places to take really cool photographs and then ways to share them, ways to edit them. It just seems like everything's just a lot better than even what it was a decade ago. Well, yeah. I mean, even like what I was saying, like different people have different eyes for things, you know, I know you and Marina take, you know, photos that I, I would have just never thought of, but I'm like, Oh, that's, that's really cool. That's a cool perspective or that's a cool, you know, way to focus on this as opposed to that or whatever's going on, you know? Yeah. Thank you, man. Yeah. And it's cool. It's, it's cool to have those mediums of that, you know, that make it easier for everyone to just share, like, you know, you you were able to actually have something that was, you know, pretty much featured. Uh, And, you know, back in the day, like you were saying, getting into national geographic, that was like such an exclusive thing. Like that's what you work towards, but now you have just better influence by just, Tech, you know, social technology and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's really impactful and it's going to be strange to see how it evolves like decade over decade. I mean, gosh, we're only like a couple of years into it. Instagram is five years old. I remember yeah. when I got my iPod touch with a camera on it and that was the first time I could like put Instagram on it. That was in 2009, end of 2009, 2000, oh wait, 2010, 2011. It wasn't even around in, in 09, I'm pretty sure or popularly. Um, but yeah, I think it was like end of 2010, the Instagram came out. That's insane. That was my senior year of college. And like, I remember having that and just like doing, you know, doing mobile phone photos and posting them and stuff. And I, I didn't even think about like the social side of Instagram at the time. Cause really people didn't interact with the pictures that often, you know, it was, uh, it was really just a lot of use of like, um, editing your camera phone photo in Instagram with those filters and then like exporting it. It was a lot, it was a lot of the stuff. Right. That that's, that's what I thought it was when I first heard about it. Yeah. It was like a camera photo editing app and like the social side of it was kind of on the side or the interaction side, the connection side to get with other photographers, other people wasn't even part of it. And it's evolved a lot now too, where um, like, so we've, so like what I just mentioned, like I started with uh, like an iPhone or an iPod with a camera, you know, and, uh, and then I, I use like my phone and stuff and it was like kind of fun sort of off on the side photos of just stuff that was around probably more what I use Snapchat for now, um, where just kind of off the cuff light stuff, just sort of, Hey, this is fun. Or people, you know, they have their food, their drinks, their night out, that sort of stuff, the concept they're at, that kind of thing. And none of the photographs were really maybe excellent or composed perfectly. It wasn't really a place for uh, professionals to demonstrate, you know, all their photographs and stuff. In fact, it was kind of frowned upon in a way, if you were an account early on, if you were an account that would, um, that would kind of work to post a lot of photographs that weren't native to Instagram. It was sort of seen as like, Hey, like that's, that's from somewhere else. This is for Instagram, you know? And then it seems like maybe I, I'd say like 2013, it was pretty well established. And then in the 14 and now 15 year, it's definitely in that what Instagram is, at least what I use it for, what I see, what I search out is like all this really excellent professional uh, or professional level uh, imagery that's out there that people are posting from, you know, all the professional work they do or their um, very talented amateur work that they do uh, to put up, you know, all these cool images that they took with their camera and edited on their computer and, uh, you know, have as their the gallery of art that they're trying to put up on their account uh, for Instagram. Right. I didn't even, I didn't even think about the idea of, taking a photo with something, you know, more powerful than your camera and then putting it on Instagram. That's a, yeah. 
an interesting thing to do. Yeah, that seems to be uh, that seems to be the big wave right now or the big trend for Instagram is sort of like a professional Instagram. Like if you're using it just as a professional or not even professional, I hate the word professional, but just a really high quality image sharing site. Right. Sort of the sort of the scheme now it seems. And it Well when I hear professional I think someone who got paid. Yeah, I hear yeah. And you know, I bet a lot of these people get paid tangentially or somewhere on the line for media or art that they do. I mean I almost, I don't get I don't think I've been paid for anything that's ended up on Instagram like not from Instagram but I mean I just don't think I've sold a print of a photo <laughs> that I put up on Instagram um, to make any cash on it uh, but I do get paid somewhere in there to be a photographer or you know like other people might be graphic designers that sort of thing and it's unfortunate that we can't really monetize a lot of this great work I'm sure a lot of people do or a lot of people are art directors or photographers or working campaigns or something um, but uh, but it's cool just how many like talented enthusiasts there are out there. Um, and I was, I was thinking about this, uh, the other day too, where it's like, uh, and a little bit of what I was talking about a minute ago, it's like everybody got a, a good camera, you know, 10 years ago now, or, you know, seven, eight, 10 years ago, they've had it around for a while and maybe they're not a photographer, but like, uh, they're a good rock climber, you know, or they're a kayaker and, uh, they grab their camera or they just have a sweet new iPhone that's comparable to what their DSLR did. And they kind of know about, you know, they, they just have a knack for good images and stuff. And they're in these awesome, really cool environments that other people just don't get to experience. And they, uh, you know, have kind of worked as a hobbyist to get into photography. They're in these cool places all the time. They're around these, uh, you know, really cool, like, like rock climbers have all this really cool photographic gear and these bright jackets, these cool ropes, uh, these really, you know, amazing landscape angles and images and things that people don't really get to see. And I think that's why like that type of photography might be so compelling or other kayakers or something that, you know, set up, uh, shots to, to get different things done or, or just people or friends that are interested in shooting that sort of thing. I think it's really cool that like now we get so many photographs of all of that sort of stuff or just, well, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's a perspective that, you know, everyone sees kind of regular everyday city life or whatever, you know, when you take a, yeah. a picture at the park, but like not a lot of people, you know, actually see the top of a mountain, you know? And so it, it yeah, it's cool. I mean, I love the shots. Like it's uh, it's just really cool, cool stuff to get or, you know, to get a chance to see or, or like, uh, I mean, just got any, any hobby, you know, or like even, even you and I like want to drive trucks around in the mountains and stuff. It just gives us a chance to, you know, go out to these places that maybe not that many other photographers have been, or, you know, not that many other people have been. And if you are a photographer, if you want to take pictures there, you get some really cool pictures that not that many other people get to see. And I think that that's the cool thing about, uh, especially outdoor adventure tourism photography. And that's, that's like the thing that I'm most, most into is, uh, kind of the outdoor adventure side of photography. Yeah, that, that seems, I mean, that's to me, that's kind of what you've been doing this whole time anyway. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I've been trying to around and, and taking pictures of stuff that aren't seen every day. Yeah, doing the like the rafting stuff, that the rafting uh, photography earlier on, and uh, and then those trips, like uh, traveling around the west and stuff, and then now what I'm up to, trying to do I don't know little film projects whenever I can, but uh, but yeah, like that outdoor adventure tourism stuff is is pretty sweet, and it's cool to kind of see the expansion of that over the last few years. I mean, I remember like five years ago when I when I was like looking around for people that are into it or inspiration and stuff. I, you didn't see this much out there. It wasn't this accessible or a lot of the talent 
it was still kind of siloed into a few of those names, you know, those pros or those people that are at the top sort of a thing. And then now there's, there's lists, you know, there's, there's 10 or 20 pages worth of names, you know, of really good photographers that have cool landscape photographs or this cool outdoor uh, style. That's, uh, you know, just kind of the new wave it's moving through. Yeah. Even, I mean, this whole time we've been talking, I've been looking at this Rome the planet one. Yeah. And yeah, just incredible, like just incredible shots. Like it's unreal. unreal. Yeah, they're yeah. unreal. Yeah. It's sweet stuff. And, uh, and this is a lot of like the, like just picks like the best stuff from people's collections and that's, yeah. it's sweet, man. That's the way it should be a lot of the time. I mean, there's some, there's some rad images out there, uh, for people to make and, and these really cool scenes on the earth, man. You, you look at some of this stuff and you're like, no way the world well, has that. Kind of what I was getting at is like, it's almost a, uh, a way to, I don't want to get all spiritual about it, but just like to connect with everyone. Cause you don't have enough time to go to all these places and do all these yeah, things right. collectively. We can all do our part and, and film our, our area or our adventure. And then to have a means of, of showing it to everyone. Like I'm, I'm basically seeing the world right now, just scoping through this. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. And it's a, it's a really cool ability to, uh, to have. And I think that's a big change that we're going to have now you know, in, in just this new world of connectivity and, and images and, and media and this, this extreme effect where we see so much information kind of uh, going by us, like visual information, like all these pictures and places that will, you know, interesting places, maybe not, maybe, I don't know, a hundred thousand people have ever even been to and, uh, you know, world, worldwide world time length, you know, to the beginning of the universe, no one's really ever been in that spot, but now we get to see it or now we get this exposure to all these uh, different really granular places in the world. Totally. Totally. Let me, I want to, I want to kind of take it in a, a weird place though. Cause this kind of hit me too. Like yeah. I remember I recently took a couple pictures of one of our trips and, uh, you know, using Instagram, I, I edited them and made them look just really spectacular like yeah but then i looked back at the old photos and they weren't they weren't they weren't what i i ended up showing people and it's like i almost felt bad because it's like what i'm showing you is not real and oh so, yeah um, it's kind of a weird like how, how do we where's that limit of like this is what it really looks like as opposed to this is what changing the saturation code. Like if we lived in a brighter world, it would look like this. You know? <laughs> like what? That's kind of a weird, like where, where do we draw that line or is or should it be drawn or is there even yeah, that man. line? I Am hear I what you're saying. <laughs> and that's a, uh, that's one of those like, uh, philo- like the philosophy of media, you know, or, or how, how things that are sort of a controlled message, how we communicate to that, that to someone. I've tried to think about this a lot. I've heard other people, other smart people make comments about it. And, uh, and the best argument that I accept so far is that photography is trying to explain to you how a place feels to me, right? I'm trying to express to you, what I have about it or what I understand about it. I'm trying to express to you something that's kind of my unique, not even an artificial vision, not unique in the artificial sense, but like, it's just like, man, that looks so purple. It was the most gorgeous sunset. And not that I'm out to artificially crank something to a place where it doesn't look good or it's not, it's not comfortable or it seems alien. Um, I think sometimes it, it's part of it to add that surreal nature back into a photograph. And really there's this thing that other photographers will talk about. It's called flattening. 
And uh, it's something in photography you have to fight against all the time is this process of flattening where, and you probably seen this too, Dave, where uh, even if, uh, if you take a step backward from the editing, right? You, you took a, a, a photo in a place, the image kind of came out good, but in this one way you use this filter and it was this really incredible kind of textured experience. It brought back a lot more mood, a lot more character to the photograph. Uh, and it was more impactful to see it that way. Uh, and then there's other times where uh, you are in this place and it's stunning, right? It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's, re- it's just the most insane sunrise. And you take a picture of it with whatever equipment you have or in whatever best way you can. And it, it doesn't translate it. It doesn't bring out the bright colors and the dark ground no, or it doesn't, it just, it's like, Oh, I saw it. I tried to capture, I used the thing. I used the tool. I pointed it over there. I got mm-hmm. this. This isn't what I saw. This isn't what I felt. I can't show this to someone and have them feel what I felt in that. And that's what my goal is. I'm trying to communicate the way I felt, the way I saw something, um, kind of my experience of a place. And I think that that is sort of the model that I've had of like, I'm trying to show you how I feel about something. Like in the same way that language, a lot of the time, it can be really dynamic, right? There's so many different ways we can say a thing to a person, even in just English, if we think about that, and we don't even account for all the other languages that are out there, all the other nouns and words or different structures completely that are out there to try and explain a conceptual thought from one mind to another person. If you think about photography as, as a language almost, or as a way of kind of communicating things, I think, uh, I think there's sort of, I don't know, some room to argue that like editing photographs, making them, adding contrast, making them feel um, like there's just a lot going on, make, having them take on a, you know, an extreme perspective or you know, a lot of saturation or color or this cool angle or take the photograph at the time where it's just the most intense light. I think that that's all really fair in a lot of ways. You know, it's a good thing to do in photographs because we're trying to get that expressed by ourselves um that's a really good point i never i never even thought about it like that um but i think that'll be that'll be my go-to from now on you got to do it man that makes a lot of sense back in the day photography was sort of held sacredly um as like as like writing the writing of light what's that it was the priest craft it was yeah this is a very exclusive sensitive thing you have to be specially trained yeah. And it, there's all this notion of, uh, of ethic in it where it has to be, has to be absolutely representative of the absolute world, the reality, right? Uh, even in the eighties, I think there's this big national geographic thing, um, where there's this, uh, there's a photograph of the pyramids in Egypt, the great pyramids, it was at sunset. And there just was something where the composition of the, the three pyramids wouldn't line up on the vertical page that much. And so they, they kind of sort of before Photoshop, they sort of cut out a pyramid in front and they sort of slid it over the front pyramid a little bit just to sort of straighten them up a little bit. And and they like tripped out over, over the process of like, Whoa, you can't like alter, you can't cut and alter like the perspective of an image uh, that we publish because that's not ethical. And maybe so, or maybe there's like an addition to that sort of thing that, that you could say. But, uh, but I mean, after working with photographs for a while, there are so many ways to change the perception of a photograph. Like right. 
like if like I remember um, like if you use a wide angle lens and take a picture of a person's face, that person won't really look the same. They almost look sick or like our mind doesn't understand it. Their eyes end up wider apart. Their head becomes more rounded. Uh, their, their like chin is further away visually than it's supposed to be. Like that. What's that? I want you to take a couple pics of me like that. Oh man, I will. Yeah, it's, it's a <laughs> it's a strange thing. And so uh, I think they did that to McCain uh, back uh, when he was running for president. Some some liberal lady ended up being her photographer. And, Probably made uh, him look better. <laughs> just get a get a weird angle on his head and uh, make him look make him look crazy. But uh, but uh, they do that in a lot of ways. There's just so many ways to visually influence the way we kind of perceive something. There's sort of this this innate human nature of how we look at something or you know what we understand about something when we see it with our eyes and when we see pictures of it that don't represent it the right way or that that do something strange to it. We we sort of get this uneasy feeling. And I think now oh, yeah. finally after 150 years of kind of working in photography and then now that it's proliferated through digital, you know, so that it's everywhere. I think a lot more of the artistic side. Or the expressive side of photography is going to come out, and these rules that were sort of held to the journalistic realm of what's real, or um, or that argument of like uh, the these bathing beauties that are put on this magazine cover—they're not real. They don't look this good. This was photoshopped. This was trained. This they shot this ten thousand times to get it to where her belly looked that good. You know that kind of thing. Right. Um, and that's out there. Uh, There's uh, a story this week which I think was uh, PR placement with my no agenda nose out there. Um, <laughs> there's, there's uh, this model, this hot lady who's young, who has like 250,000 uh, Instagram followers. And there, man, too bad we didn't get born and blessed with that path and gene and career. Uh-huh. Path. But uh, she gets paid to, to set up and shoot like these good kind of lifestyle pictures of herself with a purse. It's supposed to look kind of like natural sort of, but like sort of model set up. And she's just like a girl with her phone. She's an Instagram model. That's a thing now, Dave. That's a thing. Oh yeah. No, I, I saw it happen. <laughs> sure you did. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, so these Instagram models out there, you know, they, they, they're just, they're just young chicks who look good, who have a phone and they take a gajillion pictures of themselves and then they work on that on the phone and then they post the one um, that expresses uh, themselves the best, you know, that shows themselves in the best way. And uh, I think she, she came out with this article this week or I don't know if she did, but I think her press agent came out with an article this week, how she's going to kind of quit or back off or she's not happy doing Instagram or she's not happy being in the model world because it's so fake. It's so artificial. There's so many alterations that are made. People don't represent themselves as they are. They take a thousand pictures to get themselves there. They, you know, they kind of focus in some insane way on their body image and how that's going to look or work or uh, how it's going to react to an audience of their people that they need these likes from. I understand that she wouldn't like it. It's, I think, toxic mentally to kind of be wrapped up in that social game. But absolutely. Yeah. But I think uh, her position of not really liking it or trying to expose the artificial nature of casual Instagram model accounts is, uh, is not as hard hitting news as what it probably will do for her career to just get that many more people, uh, thinking about, uh, her account or her YouTube channel or whatever future career she's going to have. She's probably just looking to try and get signed with some modeling agency. So she doesn't have to keep taking these $400 a post deal. That's what she exposed. It's like, um, you get paid like 400 to like $2,000 or something by these brands to make a post on your account. 
like uh, I think it like maybe like a purse or something like that. It's like higher end fashion stuff. But if, if you have the audience of people, um, they like really, they like will pay you. They'll pay you yeah. a grand just to have a, a hot picture up of you and like a purse or something. Crazy mm-hmm. world out there. I don't know why they do that, but I think she's just I, trying to yeah. get better money. <laughs> Man, the mar- just marketing in general is, it's incredible what money is spent on on marketing. Just, you know, just, I mean, like a Super Bowl commercial is just millions. Yeah. Ago, you know. Why won't they spend that on me, Dave? <laughs> spend the millions on me that's yeah, where we, we get, need it we get super political <laughs> money spending but uh, kind of going back um that's uh i am i am i like photoshop for the funny things you can do but i'm very much against presenting something that's been photoshopped as real so like fashion magazines oh yeah that that, that sickens me if they had a little headliner that said this photo is photoshopped Okay, fine, you know, go ahead and post it. But to pretend that what you're seeing is real, that has actually been heavily manipulated, that's, I don't know, that, that seems like a, a corrupt form of photography. Yeah, me. like a manipulation, that sort of thing. I understand, I understand like what you're saying. stuff, you know, changing that, that's, you know, that's fine, I guess. You know, I mean, people, people do see things differently. Like some, there, you know, there are different amount of receptors in people's eyes, so adjusting stuff like that, you know, is fine. But, you know, like changing the position of the pyramid <laughs> just to make it look good or, or, you know, pulling a model's hips in more. Like, or yeah, more. pull the pull the waist in, draw the yeah. hips. And, and you see it on the, stretch the legs. photos. You know, I'm sure we've all seen them. And it's just like, wow, what I've been seeing is not, yeah. not an accurate representation. It's surprising how warped the, uh, the photo can be or like just how, like they started off at the beginning and it's like, that's like a, twisted angle like the photographer or like whoever edited this had to kind of perspective shift it so that they were flat and then like reshape mm-hmm. their jawline and like kind of move their forehead shorter and move their hair around and then add light to their hair and then add light to their eyes and then add essentially makeup to their mascara and then straighten their nose and then clean their pores and then clean their like their crow's feet around their eyes and their wrinkles and their neck and the like the fat neck you know that like that like jowl like, you know, if you kind of like little, yeah. look straight down at your stomach or something, <laughs> you know, that like jowl in there and all that, they just like kind of but straighten it. And has, you it. know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's insane. I don't, I don't like that as far as photo editing goes. It's a crazy world, Dave. They're, crazy. Uh, <laughs> they're doing all sorts of stuff, but, uh, but yeah, man, thank you for, uh, for working with me for the last hour and, uh, doing a, doing another podcast, the, uh, one of these kind of chatting about photographs and uh, Instagram stuff. And yeah, thanks Dave. It's been, uh, been cool chatting with you or chatting with you for the last bit going over stuff. Yeah, um, no problem. I'm, uh, I'm surprised it ended so quickly. I've been just talking with you and looking at all these photos. I wish there was a way to, to show you the photos that I'm looking at or oh, like yeah. the audience. I gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, there's a, uh, there's a way we can do that. Yeah. We should set that up, man. We should do this more often. Um, or we should kind of figure out something, but I really want your help uh, to to just kind of do more broadcast stuff like this, more podcasting, and um, just kind of I don't know, build out more stuff. It'd be fun. Just a voice on the cyberweb. <laughs> just another voice, Dave. <laughs> well, check out these voices one more time in a couple of days. You can uh, subscribe to our podcast feed. That's billynewmanphoto.com forward slash podcast. You can check out more of my workout at um, billynewmanphoto.com 
forward slash blog this time. Check out there. You can see uh, all the photos that I'm posting to the social media stuff. You can check out my Instagram page. That's at Billy Newman at Diggity Dave. What is <laughs> um, it, Dave? If you want to get a hold of me, it's just daveswanson.inc at gmail.com. Hello. What's your Instagram account? Um, oh, the Or Instagram. Twitter or something. What's your Twitter handle? Um, well, my Instagram is ds underscore diggity, D-I-G-G-I-T-Y. Classic diggity. And there's, you know, it's just photos that I take throughout the day or just on cool trips and uh, yeah. just a lot of a lot of DIY stuff on there too or things that I've done. Just, just having fun. Nice having fun one. with photos. Well, sweet. Thank you, Dave, once again. And uh, we're going to call it. Thank you guys for listening. Have a good one. Bye, everybody. <laughs>